are you today, Coach Jen? I'm great. Living the dream in Chicago on our ninth month of winter. I know, I know. So, so um, this is Dimity here with the Train Like a Mother Club and Coach Jennifer Harrison, living the dream. Um, our awesome, half of our awesome triathlon coach. Um, I know this weather. We, we're going to talk about um, plan B's for uh, indoor workouts when you weren't planning on an indoor workout during this <laughs> Q&A. I mean, you, you, um, what do you do with the weather? Yeah, well, um, hold on a second. I'm trying to get into a good spot. There we go. Okay. Um, well, you know, I've been doing it. I mean, you know, you just kind of put your head down and do it. I, I We don't really get to ride outside in Chicago in April too much anyway. So uh -huh. I teach, you know, compu trainer classes. I have a trainer at home, compu trainer. Um, I run in pretty much in pretty much anything except ice. So you just yeah. kind of do it. But we just get I just get tired of it. Like like today I, I had one of those moments. I'm like, oh, really? Like I gotta run in this crap again. So I just get frustrated like everybody else, but I just, you know, I just put my head down and do it. Cause there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel. Tomorrow's supposed to shift a little bit. And I feel bad for the kids, you know. My Graham soccer's been he has never had practice and they've been they've been we were supposed to have been practicing for a month now. So he really, wow, yeah. the fields are closed and you, you do have an indoor option or that's just not the same. Well, it's over now. Cause they already just had indoor since they've been in indoor since, you know, November. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah. So, I gotta anyway. say, I know I've been hearing about the weather and I will say absolutely that Colorado has been blessed. I mean, we, I'm almost nervous that we haven't had much weather because um, water is obviously an issue for us and for a lot of the country. Um, but I mean, yeah, there was one post on the Facebook page that, um, kind of made me laugh, but not really, <laughs> um, which was, and I don't know who did it. Unfortunately, I didn't grab the name, but, um, she, uh, she was talking about how she, um, ended up running back and forth 15 <laughs> minutes back and forth in the hall after her, um, bike. Um, at the gym because the treadmills were for full and it was snowing in Nashville on April 16th, which is two days ago. Yes. So um, that is just brutal. And I, I just, I mean, the, the good news is, is um, it will feel yeah, so yeah, what awesome. are the good news? <laughs> yeah, there is the good news. What I can give you from the side of, you know, from the sunny side of the street is that when the weather comes, it just feels so glorious. It feels so glorious to go out and be in the sunshine. And, you know, those first couple I mean, I don't know how when it gets crazy, crazy hot in Chicago, but I always love April, May, a little bit of June, like where, you know, you get cooler mornings and then it's just, it just feels, it just feels like perfection to me, um, you know, if you're out in the morning and, um, but I know it's hard. I know it's crazy, crazy hard. And I applaud all of you. I mean, Joni uh, had a two and three and a half hours on the trainer and then yep. 25 minutes uh, running. So, I mean, that's, that is super intense yeah. and also super impressive. So, I mean, you know, I know we've talked about it before, but killing time on the trainer is, you know, I mean, it's Netflix, it's podcasts, it's shows that you only allow yourself to watch or listen to when you're on the trainer. <laughs> or the, um, because otherwise it becomes, you know, I mean, it really is like I Ozark, I just finished watching Ozark and I only let yeah. myself watch that at the gym, you know, and it was good, especially like the scarier shows. Um, I kind of feel like sometimes I can't take them if I'm totally all focused on them, you know, so if you're, you know, kind of focused on your heart rate, kind of focused on how much longer you've left, whatever, and you kind of have, you know, 60 to 70% of your, um, 
mental focus going towards the show, then you're not going to get freaked out as much. That's kind of what I talk about or what Fair. I think about. So what, is there anything that you're watching these days that you like on your trainer? Oh my God. Well, I'm living in Chicago. I've seen everything, but I am yeah. a, I am a psychological killer, um, a serial killer kind of person. So the yeah. fall, um, broad church, the fall, uh, Marcella, um, I'm watching Dr. Foster right now. So, I mean, okay. I, I mean, if you, if that's what people need to ask me today is what the best shows are. Cause I've got them all. I've, I've watched everything. I can't watch anything, you know, lovey cuddly. I'm no, a trainer, no. <laughs> um, but don't have time for I, that. I mean, right. Tomorrow I have, I have a three, I know we have a three or I have a three and a half hour bike ride tomorrow. So what are you going to um, do during that? Do you already have your entertainment schedule planned out? Uh, no, I'll just continue watching the rest of that. I, you know, I have to finish Shawshank Redemption and oh, um, okay. I've already seen it, of course, but I haven't seen it in what, 15 years or 20 years. So, um, but yeah, but it's hard because I was in Tucson just for seven or eight days and I got back last week to run my triathlon camp. So yeah. that was awesome. So it's harder. The more I go away, the more it's harder yep. for me to come back. But yeah, it's like have a piece of this chocolate cake. Oh, but you can't finish the slice. <laughs> you right, know, right, like, right. Exactly. <laughs> have a bite exactly. of this chocolate cake. Um, yeah, well, and so um, first of all, Karen's chiming in, chiming in saying that The Crown is her trainer show. So that's a good oh, one. Oh, I love The Crown. Loved it, loved it, seen it all. Yep. yep. And then did you watch the one about the early days of the FBI? Speaking of killer psycho train, um, and I can't think of what it is right now. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the Facebook page. Maybe we can get a little list going. But it yeah. is so good. It's on Netflix. Um, do you have Netflix? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. Cause that's a good one for your next weekend. If you, if you need it, <laughs> but so you were in Tucson, you have a, a, um, a camp for athletes that you coach individually or, um, yeah, whatever yeah. that situation is. And I'm just curious um, how it feels when you do get to get outside, like how, how <laughs> outdoor training, um, trans or indoor training translates to outdoor training, like, because that is going to come up for a lot of people. So, you know, riding your bike on the trainer is lovely and it gets a, a lot of good work done, but it's not climbing a hill. It's not having to shift when you might not want to, that kind of thing. So can you just talk a little bit about that transition, whether, you know, these are super experienced bike riders or, you know, maybe just finding their pedals underneath them? Yeah, I mean, the people that come to camp are not beginners um, because sure. we climb out, we climb out Lemon. That's at 9,500 yeah. feet. So intermediate, but people that live in mostly cold environments, um, because the people that live in warm environments are not like, oh my gosh, I need to go away for four or five days and ride my bike. I can ride my bike in my backyard. So it's a lot of people coming from cold environments. Um, I have to be honest with you. You know, I'm a huge Compu Trainer, Smart Trainer, Zwift fan. So all the training that I do personally, or that people in the in the in the cold do outside, the biking is tremendous. Um, mm -hmm. There's not much of a crossover problem. Yes, the hills. Yep. Sure. Um, that's why in the plan for Train Like a Mother, we do a lot of the big ring work, a lot of the low cadence work, just to try our best to simulate the hills if you don't have hills or if you're um, on a trainer. Um, sure. So that, that kind of work really helps. Um, the strength that we we put in the circuits and and that we give everybody is really helpful when you go outside. Um, and, you know, the running feels, well, we run, I mean, we run outside all year, most of us, not everybody, sure. but most of us. So I just think it's, it's actually bike safety. Um, it's yes. the shifting and it's the um, getting your wheels underneath you. And um, when a lot of talks about riding in groups and the rules of riding in groups. So that's kind of what I go over with the athletes when we go to Tucson, when they haven't been outside for six months. 
Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. The other thing that comes to mind too um, that I did a lot when I was um, racing pretty frequently is um, you know on the longer courses, not necessarily for sprint or um, Olympic, but for half Ironman and Ironman. You know, taking a look at the course that you are going to have to ride. Um, on race day, not you're going to have to that you get to ride on race day. And if you do have long hills or you do have, um, say, you know, three kind of medium sized hills in a row, you know, using that, um, trying to simulate simulate that a little bit on your bike. Um, yeah. So, you know, if it's going to be a six, it's going to be three six minute, minute climbs in a row or, you know, fairly close together, you know, doing that um, so that when it comes up on race day, it's not such a jolt to the system. I mean, that's a pretty um, easy thing to, I mean, it's not easy physically, but it's, it's a good practice to get into. Wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. One of the things that's so important is specificity. So yeah. That's the word to, I was looking for. Yeah. yeah specificity. <laughs> so you have the training plan, but it's on the athlete. Um, because, because, because it's trained like a mother, it's a large group. Sure. So it's on the athlete to figure out, okay, am I racing the Madison 70.3 course that has super, super hilly, at least for this area? Are you racing Boulder 70.3? Are you racing a local sprint triathlon that's all flat? And you have to do a lot of turns. So you have to work sure. on your turns and training. So it's important, of course, to know the course and make sure that you simulate some of that specific course, whether it's elevation, whether it's uh, turning, shifting, all that other stuff. Practice, just practice that as much as you can when you get, as soon as you get outside. Or if you guys right. live in a warm environment outside already. Yeah, yeah. And if you guys need help, I mean, if you do have... Sometimes I have a hard time deciphering what a course looks like, you know, when you have the elevation and like, you know, is this, is this steep? Is it pitchy? Is it nice and gradual? You know, if you have questions, um, just post it and tag um, either Jen or Liz and they can tell you about, if especially you guys know so many courses because you mm -hmm. have done so many yourself or have athletes who have done them. So if that, that's an issue and you have, if we've gotten you all anxious, um, we can help you out <laughs> if I've gotten you all anxious. Um, the other thing that you brought up, and let's let's just talk about it because we do have such a range of athletes in here, are are those bike safety skills. So, um, so making sure, like, what are some things that you you need to be able to do? You need to be able to look behind you. You need to be able to um, grab your water bottle, take a drink, ideally. I mean, what are some things, and how do you? So, what are the skills that you feel like most people should have before they yeah. race? And secondly, how do they get them? So, the first, the most important thing to do is if your bike has been on the trainer all winter then you need a bike tune-up. You need somebody to look at your bike, whether you do it or whether the local bike shop does it, but your chain needs to be lubed. If you have over a thousand miles on your chain, your chain needs to be replaced. And the bike shop can tell you if they need to replace it. It's not expensive. Um, and your tires obviously need to be pumped up. Um, your tires need to make sure that they... Um, so when we do a lot of riding indoors, we change our rear tire to a trainer tire. So it just handles the heat a little bit better and it doesn't ruin our more expensive tires. Um, so when we transition to outside riding, which just so you know, we always have trainer tires on our bikes here in Chicago, um, meaning we just, all we do is switch rear wheels. But if you, most people only have one bike. So all you do is you take your, whatever old tire's been on there and just make sure that it's in good working condition to go outside, whether it's a trainer tire or for most of you, just a normal tire. But have that looked at and have that changed because that's been worn down all winter against that hot drum of the trainer. Yeah. Um, so that's the most important thing. Then after that, the, the next things that need to be focused, that you need to focus on is, of course, is shifting. Most people um, don't understand how to shift. And 
and you know they get bogged down on the hills when they go outside or they're always pushing the big ring outside when i say big ring that's the biggest ring in the front of your uh cog set or in the front of your bike um and you know their rpms are really low um so there's a lot of you know those kind of things that need to be and the workouts address that the workouts address high cadence drills the workout address shifting down to this rpm or that rpm and so remember, most of you are on 10 speeds or 11 speed bikes. And that means the combination of your gears is massive. So use all those gears. Don't just get stuck in one gear or two gears all the time. You will ride better and be more efficient the more you shift. Yep, agreed, agreed. And um, and then, I mean, stuff like, you know, I mean, sometimes I still get a little, uh, anxious or I bet that that's probably too uh, dramatic of a term, but, but getting your water out of, you know, getting the water out of the, um, out of the basket and, and taking a sip and that kind of thing. I mean, just Ooh. practice that kind of stuff. There you are. I know. Um, I'm sorry. Gonna, oh, I'm, high, I'm high maintenance today because I just got done running and I'm hungry. So I'm going to get water and I'm like, well, this is okay. This is the real me. This is, yeah. this is. Oh, perfect. Oh, I thought you were going to do a demonstration for us. No, that's awesome. No. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, just stuff like that, where if you are feeling, you know, it's a little like um, learning to drive. If you're feeling, you know, like, oh, I'm not sure about, you know, being able to look over my shoulder and change lanes or grab my water bottle and um, and take a sip or clip in and clip out um, in time for the stop signs, go to a parking lot. Like I'm going to take my 15 year old yep. to a parking lot in the next couple months and just just you know, just do it a thousand times. I mean, not a thousand times, but do it enough times so you feel comfortable, right? I mean, I yes. remember the first time that I um, got clipless pedals. I, I mean, it was when I lived in New York and I was in Central Park and I just literally like in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, a left like in, out, in, out. And just just till you get to the point where it's like, okay, this isn't scary anymore. I can do this, you know, and, and stop quickly, unclip, you know, take a longer sip, have to stop and then put it back. I don't know, just, you know, create some scenarios so that, you know, that part isn't, um, what what you're giving your energy to you're giving your energy to your physical effort and and pedaling as strong and and as um smoothly as you can right absolutely and okay. and even doing stuff on the grass like i think sometimes people are afraid to clip out and clip in if you have clipless pedals and and so i always tell people go to the park go to the yeah. park and if you fall then you're going to fall on the grass and no harm done but yeah. you're right you need to practice all this and not be um you know worried or don't be intimidated because we've all been there i mean i the first time i got in in uh, clipless pedals, I was riding around the parking lot, and I mean, I was screaming, "I don't know how to clip!" I don't know how to clip! <laughs> and I was like going around, and my my boyfriend, now husband at the time, was like, "Just move your foot," you know, because of course to him it's easy, right? Sure. So he's like, yeah. oh, well, "Just move your foot," and I'm like, "I can't! I'm locked in! I'm going to die!" And um, <laughs> and I did fall, but that yeah. was it. You fall one time, and you you learn. You figure it out. Yeah. My heel. So my heel. just just go out there and do it, and. Go out with somebody that you trust and if you guys laugh and nobody gets hurt it's all good it's all good similarly the last the last little mom bit of advice is changing tires um i mean i was out on a hike on saturday and this man uh it was on a trail and uh this guy was um i was going down and then back up and i went down and he had his mountain bike and he was trying to change the tire and i swear to god it was probably like 35 minutes later and i passed him oh. and he was still changing his tire i'm like i i was not able to offer any help because i would probably just slow things down but know what you need. Like, what do you, what do they need in their kit first of all? Like, what should so they your, carry with them at all times? Yes. Yeah, so in your kit, you need which kit includes a bike bag on the back of your bike, mm-hmm. um, and in that bike bag on the back of your bike, you need to have a tube. 
So you have the tire, which is the exterior part of your wheel. And then in the tire, you have a tube. And when we flat, nine times out of 10, it's the tube that gets pinched, it's the tube that gets ruined, um, and the tire usually stays intact. So you need to carry one tube. Um, if you're going for long rides, four, five, six hours, if you're doing the Ironman training plan, then you need to carry two tubes. But for the short course athletes, you carry one extra tube, spare. You need tire level, I level, I can't say it, lever kit. Levers. Levers, Levers. Yep. thank you. A little little tidbit about me is I went to speech therapy my whole life for my R's. Oh. So, not in high school, but when I was a little kid. And sure. um, when I'm tired, I'm not really tired, but when I'm tired, I will slur my R's together. So I have a hard time saying lever if I'm not lever. processing lever. So anyway, there's a little You're tidbit. Good. No, that's good to know. Yeah, good to know. So anyway, so you need tired levers. Um, you know, the three things, they're like the prongs that you stick into the skewers and then it kind of moves the, um, uh, not the skewers, I'm sorry. You stick into the, the rim of the tire to pull the tire, the tube out of it. Um, and then you need, you either need a little tiny pump. And when I say little tiny pump, I mean like this big of a pump that just goes like this and pumps up the tire or the tube, excuse me, or you need a CO2 cartridge and the CO2 cartridge is a little thing that looks like this. Um, and it has, it basically has a burst of air in there. Um, and then you have to have an adapter that goes on that. And that adapter kind of goes in like this and then you twist it and then the air expands and goes into the tire. Now, that is complicated, but that's the fastest and best way to, to, um, to blow up your tire. But it takes practice. And I usually carry two CO2 cartridges because usually the first one you kind of botch um or you use half of it and then you're like oh god i only have 40 or 50 psi in my tire i can't ride on that anyway so i carry two co2 cartridges i carry a tube tire levers and i carry 20 bucks because if all if all if everything goes to shit you got 20 bucks to call uber yeah exactly <laughs> i love it i love it and your phone probably but that's not in your little bike mm -hmm. bag but yeah yeah definitely and some id definitely and if your phone is your id i guess that's okay but i also would recommend especially on the longer rides having a driver's license or um like a road id on your wrist so that people can easily identify you if something uh necessary merits that um yeah i love that and that's so that's and, and that's all we'll say about it because it's really important that you put your hands and do it yourself i was just um getting ready for my hike. I was at REI. I saw this awesome bike maintenance clinic that was free going on. There's a whole bunch of ways, you know, bike, bike clinics do them. Um, REI does them. I'm sure that, you know, maybe your local bike club might do one. So just, just, just be aware and just feel confident. Again, we want you to feel super confident going out so that where your energy goes is being the best rider you can be and not worrying about flatting or traffic or that kind of thing. So. All right, getting off that um, pedestal now. Um, okay, here is a question from Jessica. Um, she's training for her first half Ironman this year. Um, there's a couple local shorter races that she wants to do as well. Um, and so um, she's asking, should I limit myself to just one of those? Um, asking because it would mean missing out on some longer training days, days to race. So her situation is she's got um, her half Ironman is going to be in mid-August. It's either going to be on the 12th or the 19th. Um, and so she's got a sprint course on um, May 21st that she's thinking about doing, and then a long course um, on 7-8, that would be July 8th. Um, and it's not quite a full long course, like it's a 20 mile ride and a four mile run. 
Um, so how do you feel about racing during a half Ironman plan and then also missing that training that she might've been getting in that day? I think you need to race. So yep. I would do both of them. And um, what I would do is during office hours, call me or Elizabeth, whoever's on office hours that time and ask us if how we, you, we can help you change the plan. But I will say what you can do is make the rest cycle. Um, so whatever the rest weekend is of that time frame, make that your, your race weekend and then move the big ride that you missed from the race weekend to that rest cycle. Um, because you would want to rest a little bit into those races anyway. So if you're, I, I don't mean only, but if you're only going to race a sprint one in June and then another one in July, excuse me, May and then July, then you need rest cycles in there anyway. So make those your rest cycles and just flip the weeks around to make sure you're getting in the longer stuff. You'll be absolutely fine. Sure. Awesome. So yeah, so, and I wrote back to, um, I believe Rachel, who's coming back postpartum, we'll get your office hours. Um, I think we just went through the last bit of them, but we'll get some more scheduled um, in May for you guys. So don't worry. Um, those are not being canceled. We just haven't set them up yet. Um, let's talk about travel and swimming. Um, is there uh, anything that you can recommend as far as like resources to find a swimming pool or do you just kind of let it go? Um, for that did week. you say let it go? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Not 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 hardcore me. No. Um, but you're I mean, talking how... to, you're talking to the swimmer here, right? Okay. I know, so I know. so this is easy. I mean, it's not easy to find pools, but this is easy. Two two things. One, you go to Google and you type in public pools in Palatine, Illinois. Public pools yeah. in Longmont, Illinois. And then I, for example, I just did this last night. I am going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama next weekend for, because uh, I coach the University of Illinois. They've got uh -huh. collegiate nationals down there. And I'm like, oh crap, I should swim when I'm down there. So I'm typing, where can I, you know, where can I swim? And they have a master's team down there. They have okay. a, a, University of Arizona has a pool. I looked at their hours. I looked at the fees. Bam, I'm in, I'm swimming there. So, okay. and the other thing too, if you are, and most of you are probably not, but let me just throw this out there. If you're a master's, United States Master's Association swimmer, or you belong to a master's program, or you can pay a guest fee and jump in a master's swim program, you can go onto their website and Google uh, pools, you know, pools where, uh, where they have adult lap swim. And then you need to call the pool to make sure that one, their information on the website is accurate, because let's be honest, nothing's ever accurate on websites. And number two, <laughs> And number two, can you really swim in there? Or is it like, can you, you can doggy paddle with the 400 kids. So you want to make sure that you call ahead of time. But for the most part, if for the most part, unless you're in a really rural area or you're somewhere in Europe that doesn't do the pool situation um, or China, Sh Shanghai, that kind of stuff, you're in the United <laughs> States, if you, which is a big problem. If you're in the United States in a metropolitan area, you can find a pool. Yep, I agree. I agree. It, it's sometimes hard to slide it into your um, day, especially if you're traveling for work and you're expected to be at certain points. But if you do your homework before, you you know you can move around your schedule a little bit. Um, and if you need help with that, um, you can always email or tag one of the coaches on the Facebook page. But I agree, most of it is just planning, right? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's, inc it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. It's swimming, swimming is hard because it requires. It re swimming's the first thing to go when you travel. Well, biking because yeah. we don't have bikes, but. Um, you know, swimming is one of the first things to go is because you, if you're with your family, you got to pack up the car, drive to the pool, swim, yeah. drive home. It's kind of a, it's kind of a little bit of a hassle, but I will say if you're in a key part of your training plan, try to do the best you can to swim once while you're gone. Even if you can swim just once during the week, if you're on vacation mm -hmm. or on a business trip, it will go a long way. 
Okay, great. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sandra just wrote in. Um, she says she's training for her first triathlon and she's in week five of the sprint plan. Um, she has no previous swimming experience and she's been working with her husband to learn how to freestyle swim. Um, up until this point, I've been completing the required distance all freestyle, um, but not following the specific swim plan. What do you think about starting to try the specific required swim plans at this point? So instead of just going for, you know, whatever, 600 meters that we ask her to or yards and doing the workout that you've written. Well, my answer will always be do the workout that's written if you can. So yep. if you if you can, if okay. you're struggling through the workout and it's too seems overwhelming or it's too much, then break the workout down. Um, if we have, for example, a 200 swim and you're struggling to get through the 200 without um, being out of breath or feeling overwhelmed or anxious, then stop and take break the 200 down to two by 100s and take whatever rest you need in between the 200s. So try to do the aggregate of the workout, let's say it's 1200 yards total, and then you can break that up as your fitness and as your swimming confidence increases. But once you have the confidence in the swimming fitness, then do the workouts as written because Remember, there's a difference between once you get going and once you get into the details of the plan, there's a difference with the specificity of the plan and the purpose of the workouts. But Absolutely. you got to do you got to do what you got to do what you feel comfortable with when you're learning how to swim, for sure. Absolutely. Which is awesome. Congratulations, Sandra. I mean, that's huge to um, learn how to swim. And now you feel like ready to tackle the workouts or, or asking about them anyway. I think that five and learn how to swim from your husband. I would I know. Yeah, I know. even better. <laughs> Seriously, that's like platinum level badass because mm -hmm. Lord knows uh, learning from relative is not the easiest thing. Um, not even relative, your partner. Um, okay. Here's another swim question. You answered this, but I think it's important for people to hear too. Um, so this is Laura. She says on the swim workouts, if she doesn't have time to do the, the workout as written, um, is she better off cutting some of it short or doing some of the workout um, with a pull buoy or to put in fins or paddles or whatever because because she's faster with Oh, yeah. The I think she tools. asked this on the – I think she, she did. asked this on Monday. Okay. She did, but I also just – I just pulled it just because in case people didn't see it, I think it's important to kind of figure out sometimes you are pressed for time and you can't get the whole workout in. So is it better to finish it with some tools to kind of help you or should you just get in what you can or what do you recommend? Yeah, you know, I think I think that the tools are okay as long as we're not using them as a crutch. Okay. And we're using them for efficiency. Um, mm -hmm. I think that they serve a purpose and and it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so do what you can, and then if you need to jump in, and I think she said she was doing like six two hundreds, and her last two hundred was with a pull buoy, and that was fine, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Erica, um, she's on the Olympic plan. Um, the two longest workouts of the week tend to be back to back on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so if she splits them up, is she undermining a training effect that you guys were shooting for it when you created the workouts, um, like practicing running long distances while their legs or their whole body is tired? Um, can you talk a little bit just about those weekends and, and how, what, um, if you need to occasionally um, split things up, if that's okay? Yeah, so the purpose of the workouts are, are primarily for normal, full-time parents or working adults where we have Saturday and Sunday off, not off sure. parenting, but off work. So the, the, <laughs> I have parenting off. I don't know about you, Jen, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, but anyway, so the purpose of the workouts is yeah to create some fatigue. This is very important in long in the long courses. So in the half Ironman and the Ironman, the um, the 
long run on the Sunday after the brick on Saturday is uh, we do that on purpose because you're fatigued and we're trying to, to, to build durability for the most part. Um, however, on the short course stuff, it's not as important because we're, we're much more worried about frequency, speed, um, consistency, and some other, obviously worried about consistency and long course too, but you can be a lot more flexible with the short course. So if every so often you need to move the workouts around, then please, please do. Um, I have plenty of athletes that, um, for example, let's call firefighters and they're off on Wednesdays. So they do their big rides on Wednesdays, their big rides, excuse me, their big runs on Saturday and everything works out just fine. So, um, we do put that on there for a reason. It's for durability and, um, adaptation and to make sure that people are being good with their nutrition so they can recover and repeat. Um, but if life presents itself that you need to move it, feel free. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and Sandra wrote, just wrote down, she can do 150 yards at this point, which is without stopping um, or resting, Great. which is, again, that's huge. So you should be able to, t- I think, yeah. handle most of the swim, the sprint workouts, no problem, Sandra, which is, I can't wait to, to see you race. It's going to be fun. Um, okay, this is coming from Rachel, um, who just had a babe. Um, she is six weeks postpartum, um, and she is hopefully going to get cleared to work out fairly soon. Um, her sprint triathlon isn't until August. So official training doesn't start until the first week of June. So how, how do you, would you have her ease back into everything? She says, I'm not new to triathlon, but I didn't do much um, of any of the three disciplines while I was pregnant. Um, that I noticed, was my question. Yep. Yeah, she didn't do much. So she knows to do like a run walk pattern to start with running. Um, with a bike, does she need to start at like only 10 or 15 minutes at a time and build up? Swimming will always be a struggle. So that will just be surviving when I get to that portion. So um, let's talk through that a little bit. Okay, so if you're starting the program June 1st, then, and you're gonna get cleared pretty soon here, unless there's complications from your um, pregnancy and recovery. So let's say you get cleared next week. Um, So that leaves you with all of May and two weeks in April, not even. So what you need to do is you just need to start moving again and, and let your body and the, especially your pelvic floor adapt to the um, rigors of training again. So what that means is swimming obviously is the most forgiving. So the swimming, we can always be a little bit more aggressive with. So I'm not saying jump in and swim for 4,000 meters. I'm just saying yeah. jump in and feel free that you can pretty much, you know, get back into shape there as, as you wish. So I wouldn't worry too much about the swimming. The running is where you have to be careful because of the pelvic floor um if you're still bleeding and all that other stuff that we've got going on as coming back from babies so what i would recommend is the run walk so i would just get out start moving and um do something like where you're just out 15 or 20 minutes to go the first pretty much the first week and start with doing it every other day so don't run every any back-to-back days for the first couple weeks let the body adapt and it's really it's really the joints and the ligaments that need to adapt to um you know, being back in place again. Um, I'll never forget when I came back from having twins and I went out for a, a jog and um, now I was on bed rest for eight weeks too. So oh, this, wow. let me, let me preface. I couldn't move um, and I had to walk and stuff. I felt everything on my body, my boobs, my boobs were huge. Cause I was nursing twins. Um, <laughs> they, they were D or double D, which I'm in barely an A just to put it in perspective. And I felt my stuff. I mean, I was so miserable. And I remember walk, running, walk, running, walk, running. And then the next day I was running a little bit more, not the next day, the next two days, but I just kept at it. And I was so slow and I was 
running 16 minute miles, which as we all know is, is, is a very fast walk. Um, and it took me a long, it took me a long time to come back from the running. So, but be very patient. And I was not patient and I actually ended up getting um, mastitis, which is an infection of the breast duct, right? Oh, ouch. That hurts. And so I much. was super sick, but that was my own fault. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm better now. And I can do sure. this. I wasn't sleeping. So all my point of the telling you that story is be very patient with the running and keep it 20 or 30 minutes at the most when you get back and literally for two or three weeks and then start to increase it. And then you'll be okay to start the sprint plan June 1st as is. You may just need to dial back the intensity when you start in June. For the yeah. biking, your crotch is going to hurt. But if you can get <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> get yourself a nice chamois, a good, treat yourself to a new pair of shorts with a nice thick chamois. Exactly. But you know, the bike will be fine, to be honest with you. I would start at 20 or 30 minutes and you can kind of increase the bike um, as you feel, um, it's just the running. I'd be really careful with it, but the biking really is, 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 is harmless to you because there's no impact on it. So it's, we always worry about impact when we come back from an injury or when we come back from babies or bed rest or whatever it is. So keep the impact to a minimum and, um, everything else you can kind of go back as you feel and listen to your body when your body tells you, Oh, you're doing too much. I'm going to make you sick with mastitis and then slow down. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. I would just because you brought up the pelvic floor a couple times and um, I'm right in the middle of this. Rachel, if you haven't seen on our website, uh, Coach MK, who does the uh, heart rate training programs to the Train Like a Mother Club, she just had her fourth kid in six years. Um, and she's doing a, we're doing kind of a series with her called Baby I'm Coming Back. And um, basically like um, doing some each segment, uh, dividing her postpartum recovery into segments. So we just put up weeks zero through six when and it's all about pelvic floor kegels, um, doing super minimal ab movements to kind of re-engage your muscles and remember, teach them again how to work. And that's going to be important because you, you, it sounds like you, you said you didn't do much while you were pregnant um, as far as those three disciplines. So um, it might be something just to check out. Um, the next one will be up on April 30th, I believe. That'll be week six through 10. So you're pretty much almost in line with MK and it's, and it would just be something to add on to the biking and the swimming um, and the run walking as, as uh, coach Jen said, and it's not big, but I think it will make a big difference, especially if it's not your first kid um, and your pelvic floor isn't quite as uh, strong as it used to be. Um, so just, that's just a little plug for baby. I'm coming back because that's what we're all doing. Um, so is there anything else that you want to add, um, Jen, as we head out? I mean, so most everybody's kind of, either about to start their program or kind of, I would say in the first third to half of their training. I mean, have you seen anything um, that, that you think is important for them to know about or, you know, some, I've seen a lot of victories on this, on the Facebook page. Um, but like with your athletes right now, I mean, I know the race, the race still feels to me feels far away. Um, and so kind of motivation wise, anything you would add? Yes. I mean, I think one of the things that is we need to remember, and I tell my athletes that live in cold climates, is that, in my opinion, the winners are made in the winter. And when I say winner, I don't mean winning the race. I mean setting goals and meeting your goals. So I always say that the champions, winners are made in the winter because it's so easy. Gosh, when I'm in Tucson, I'm like, really? What's the big deal? Sorry, if I, <laughs> I'm not going to offend people that live in Tucson, but no. like, what's the deal? Every day is paradise here. How could it not be hard? How can you not train here? But when it's cold and dark and you're not sleeping because the kids were up all night and all this other stuff, just just giving yourself permission to do the workout and take time for yourself. Even if you have to cut the bike workout or the run workout in half, 
just doing something for yourself every day is is a victory and you need to look at it like that. I think what happens is people look at their workouts as almost a pass fail. Oh, I failed Absolutely. that workout, I didn't do it, right? Yep. Or I I I cut 10 minutes short because the babysitter uh, came late. Well, I mean, that's that's okay, that's life. I mean, yeah. every single day we we start a workout and finish a workout and I don't necessarily always mean complete it, but finish the best that we can is is a win and I think people especially women tend to be way too hard on themselves about it um and you know even even the top end athletes miss days and the top end athletes and trust me the top end athletes are whining about everything too it's cold it's dark it's and they don't even have children or they don't even have <laughs> I mean I, you know yeah. whatever it is and I nothing against them but it's all about perspective keep your perspective do your best to do your workout every single day every single day wake up and say okay today i need to run my three mile workout this is what i'm going to do it and get it done and my recommendation is if you can based on your schedule and your kids schedule get up and do it in the morning because Absolutely. the day gets away from us and shit hits the fan and who knows yeah. what happens and sometimes that's not possible i mean it's just not possible because the kids and that's okay or work but just do your best every single day and I promise you the consistency that you put in this time of the year pays because this is race season. In my opinion, April turns to race season in, in this hemisphere. Um, in this hemisphere, it turns into race season and 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 you just have to get you just have to get get the work done. Just 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 do it. Put it down. Yeah, I went to, I was on a field trip yesterday with my sixth grader to uh, junior achievement center, which was like learning how to set a budget and you're all given jobs and, and um, like credit scores and, and a family and an income. It was pretty interesting, um, but it was, it was pretty complicated as well. Um, and some of the kids got it and some of the kids didn't. And, and the volunteer that was kind of training us before they got there on their um, school bus said, they get, a they get a participatory grade today. It's not pass fail. It is, did you show up? Did you try your best? That's participating, great, you, you pass. You know, and that's, I think, a good mentality to take to the training right now. We're not telling you to cut every workout short by any stretch, but doing something is always gonna trump doing nothing. And if that means that it's half, if that means that it's three quarters, if it means whatever, get it, you know, do it. Um, and you will be paid back on race day, right? Exactly, exactly. There you go. Awesome, well, thank you, Jen, as always, for your awesome advice and you guys are, killing it um, with your Ask the Coach on the Facebook page. You guys are super reliable and um, give such good advice. So we really appreciate that and we appreciate uh, your time today. And um, good luck, everyone. We'll have another one of these in May. Uh, yeah, in May and we'll talk some racing, I think. Woohoo! Yes, it sounds great. Thanks for having me. Good cool. luck, everyone. Thanks. Bye.